Blog Talk Radio. This is Andrew Wind Show through Sylvia Global Media Network with your twenty thirteen of World Pulse. I am from Kenya. My guest today is Donna Pal Okumu. Hi Donna. Hello, Eunice. Welcome to Andruli Women Show. Thank you very much and thanks for having me. Donna and Ruli Women Show is a show that brings the voices of women on board. It brings the women uh, who have soared in different areas, the women who have been put down by traditions, and Donna, you are one of them. Listener, Donna was working with Pamoja Girls uh, Children's Organization. She was also, uh, she's now working at the university. Donna, please tell us more about you. Thank you, Eunice. Uh, listeners, of you, as you have heard, my name is Donna Kumu. I am a woman, first and foremost, who is very passionate about empowering young girls and women in whichever way I can. I have been in the development world for quite some time, and, and my my passion is offering a platform for the young girls, uh, for the young women, for the community and the children to have a voice and to have a strong voice. That is, in a nutshell, who Donna is. Now you are uh, with Pamoja organization. Please share with us what you did at Pamoja. Thank you, Eunice. I worked uh, at Pamoja Child Foundation for uh, around three years. And and while I was there, our key, or let me say what we did at Pamoja, because I was not the only one working there, was to offer a platform of empowerment, to offer a platform of encouragement and, and access to opportunities to the young girls, to the to the to the children, mostly who are often vulnerable children, and and also to their guardians, and this would be to the elderly, to the to the women, to the widows and the widowers, and this platform that we did offer was in different categories and. The, the the three that stands out to me were the Community Groups Empowerment Initiative. And within the Community Groups Empowerment, it was a, a project that was tailored to offer financial opportunity and access to the financial systems that would enable this community and people within the program to have a financial independence, so to speak. And, and, the commu- and we tailored programs, for instance, that were of income generating and learning activities, both in schools and within the community. And we, we were working with organized groups of individuals. So it was up to the community through the collaboration with our organization to have a platform through organized groups. And, and, and through this, we had 
very good success rates in regards to the the table banking as locally known and the or village savings and loaning banking structures where they would save as little as they they had on a weekly basis they were allowed to borrow from the same bank and at the end of the year when they check out the books of accounts they would calculate the profits and share it equally among members and apart from that as one of the projects that we did we also had two other projects which which um, were of benefits to the community and mostly to the girls and this is schools creating schools as a safe heaven the funny thing is Eunice our children spend at least eight hours in school so there, the, there is a need of creating a friendly environment for these children that while they are at school they feel safe they feel comfortable they feel they're in a place where they can learn skills they can express their talents and we had a program where we trained their teachers to have a friendly environment for them by giving them the skills of how to handle these children because they came from different environments we also introduced uh, sexuality education for adolescents with with key interest to girls so that these girls, as they mo get molded academically, we mold them on knowing who they are sexually and, and how to make the right decisions for themselves. We equally introduce, introduced um, reusable sanitary towels. And, and this is a project that is still close to my heart because every other day students drop out of school during their menses they stay at home until the menses are over and they're comfortable enough and feel safe and strong to go to school so us having an avenue of them accessing reusable sanitary towels was to make sure that these children not only stay in school but do not have shame and and become uncomfortable during the period that they're experiencing their menses lastly we had a sponsorship opportunity for the orphan and vulnerable children mostly who were orphaned by HIV AIDS or have lost either of their parents and their guardians. And we as an organization took them in and offered that access to healthcare, access to education, access to opportunities that these children would only dream of in, in, in a world in their eyes. But we gave them an, a, bigger, a bigger view to what the world and, and what they could attain if they access these services that are mostly very minimal and sometimes hard to come by. Jonah, that is great work. Pamoja uh, was uh, undertaking with women and girls at a rural village in Awasi. In, in your view, how can you compare? the girls and the women who went through Pamoja program with the others who are not in that program? Eunice, uh, I can say with a lot of confidence that the, the girls and the women that we took through this program for over the years, Pamoja has been there for over 10 years, uh, probably by now it's over 12 years, so to speak. But for, for the women that we worked with, for the girls that we worked with, we saw the change. You would see the financial independence of these people. They would be able to make decisions. Once you are empowered, then you have a voice. And that is why we and that is why we gave them that platform is they had a voice they had 
they were now in a position to raise concerns and they were able to find solutions and that is what we call a strong woman and to the girls it was an opportunity for them to be molded into stronger women of the future and and to me i saw results on 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 few dropouts out of school i saw results in in better results academically. I saw results on, on fewer pregnancies, unplanned pregnancies, so, so to speak. I saw results on on girls making the right choices, going to the university, going to secondary school. And it, it was a relief just to see a young girl from a rural village making it in the city and making it work. And to me, that was something that I smile back and I say, we made an impact. Thank you. Feel, feel passion for, for the international or and I love how you presented your work. Uh, Donna, what is your take on the issue of gender-based violence? Thank you very much for the compliment, Eunice. I loved working with you, so to speak, because I think we make a dynamic duo when it comes to issues close to gender. But my take on gender-based violence has not changed. I stand on a stand on on on, on a platform that says that it is about time people realized that gender-based violence is not a beautiful sight on anybody. It is about time we realized that we need to stop condoning it, whether culturally, whether communally, whether it is acceptable. We need to say it is not okay. It is no one's fault when you're abused, and it needs to stop. And, and personally, Eunice, from where I stand, people are often abused in places where they feel safe. But the sad thing is most of these scenarios are not reported, they're not dealt with, and it becomes a cycle of abusers in a community and in a society. If we, the society, continue to, to accept it, then we are nurturing a cycle and r radicalizing the abuse in our communities today and i don't think it's right so my take on it is as we are able to make an impact as we are able to mentor people as we are able to train as we are able to bring that scenario to the people i still prefer that we tell them the truth that while you walk in somebody else's shoes, you can feel the pain, you can understand the disgust, you can understand why it is not right. We shouldn't stop to say that gender-based violence is not right. Great. Um, you just reminded me about the toolkit issues. You've talked about it passionately when we walk in shoes of the, the, the affected person, of the... Yes. We, we feel and we, we feel like we, we, we want to address the issue of gender-based violence. John, please share with us what you are doing currently. Currently, I had a little detour. I'm still in development, but now I'm in institutional development. I currently work at uh, University of Eastern Africa, Baraton. 
It's a university based in Eldoret town uh, in Kenya. And I am the development and alumni affairs coordinator. I didn't divert so much, but it's still the same thing. We still do humanitarian assistance. We have community outreach, and I have continued with a mentorship program. But now we are doing it in high school and to the university students. So that's in a nutshell what currently I do, apart from linking the university to donors and, and creating the rapport and the relationship with, with different organizations that we can work together on different activities. For instance, the I Choose Life Africa, we've been working closely. We've been working with other individual donors who come in in regards of sponsorship, that come in in regards of empowerment. And, and there are several programs that currently are ongoing at the university. Okay, in, in the program and uh, uh, what you are doing currently at the university, do you mm -hmm. involve the girls in those programs? Definitely. I mean, the the, uh, the population at the university, so to speak, uh, we have three quarters of them are girls, and, and the, these are young girls. These are girls who are still at the, the stage of being molded. And I... I, I I want, there's a day I had um, a meeting with one of my friends and I was telling her, you know, if we had the opportunity that these girls have right now, we would have been greater women. I'm not saying we're not great, but we would have been greater if we got the mentorship that these girls are getting. So what we do or what I do sometimes is I have four or five of my friends in different careers or in different, um, different jobs and we meet and we share uh, on what way can we make this young girls be strong? What way can we make this young girls be assertive? What way can we make this young girls have a brand of themselves so that you don't end up losing yourself in this whole cycle that we currently have? And normally we have a talk and we have this motivational talks that we give to these young girls on, on different topics of their choice. And, and we guide them and we keep close contact with them. And, and honestly, I, I say that this has given this young girls an opportunity to, to have a voice, to be able to mentor their fellow colleagues, to be able to mentor the young children in high schools who come visiting to the university. But apart from that, we, we are, I'm currently working closely with the community, the host community, so to speak, on, on other issues. For instance, uh, the last project that we just winded up on was on uh, distribution of clean and treated water. I mean, up to this date, it, it, water is an essential part of human beings and, and having the treated water and, and being distributed to the community which is in a rural setting is, is something that plays a, a, a huge role in the health of these people. So we have several projects that we're doing and, and this project helps the women. And, and lastly, before I forget, we have um, a project that we do with uh, the older women, so to speak, and we help them by giving them refresher courses on indigenous skills. For example, crocheting, uh, weaving, cooking of traditional meals. We teach them 
these skills that they had before and might have forgotten and we help the young ones also get nurtured into this system of understanding their culture and also understanding the current environment where they are and this helps them in knowing where they are going once you you are settled in an environment where you know this is where I come from and this is where I need to go. Um, I'm so happy what uh, Baraton University is doing and it touched to the community because I know when it, it and we get some input in the community, we get a developed society. Just pick mm-hmm. up on that, Donna. I'm so particular about the girls that are in the university. I know many mm-hmm. girls very vulnerable sometimes they are taken advantage uh, mm. by the older men who come and lure them with money sometimes their rights are violated what is your take on that um, the reason for mentorship program per se is to help these young girls identify who they are normally in 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 a normal world setting when somebody asks you units who are you it's it normally comes from a place of confrontation, a place of wanting to belong. You want a place of us. You want to assert yourself that people should know who you are. But we are teaching these young girls that once you know who you are, then you will have the voice to say no to certain scenarios. You will have the voice to say it is not okay. You will have the voice to hold yourself with a certain degree of respect, with a certain degree of of graciousness that nobody should be able to take, uh, to take advantage of you. But all said and done, our mentorship program goes a long way in mentoring them, but it happens within the university setting. It happens within the community. These young girls sometimes are taken advantage of. And I, I think that if we continue, even if it is one girl at a time, we will meet that obligation of making the girls have a voice. And a unison voice is a stronger voice than an individual voice. And once they have that voice, Eunice, I think the, the, the abuse, I think the, the being taken advantage of will definitely subside. And men will learn to understand, for instance, that when a woman says no, it actually means no and not a maybe. That is great. That is great. And when you are talking about mental um, just remember, Bernadette is one of my mentors, and together mm-hmm. you also know Bernadette. What can sure. you say about... Sorry? What is your take about Bernadette as a mentor? As, uh, as I, I put it bluntly, together you can rise individually you will rise but you will come down so far Bernadette is a very close friend of mine we apart from going to the same university and being friends we have been colleagues too and and his mentoring skills has continuously impacted on so many impacted on so many of us so to speak and 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 from where I stand I really appreciate because she's more than a friend she's she's somebody that as a woman, she has soared, and sometimes I look at her and I say, "Goodness!" Oh yeah. But you know what? She has not second doubted. She has not 
have these thoughts of I can't make it. And I, I think as women, we need to reach that stage of saying, I am able, and if I am not able, I will learn. And if I have learned, I will do it to my best. And that is what makes a strong woman, and that is what makes a unruly woman, so to speak. Because oh. you start strong, and you believe in somebody else. For instance, you believe that your sister can do it better, but you don't tell them you can't do it. You tell them, go ahead. And you know what? I will hold your hand. And I think my friendship with Benedict and our friendship, so to speak, because you're also a friend of Benedict, is what has made us even stronger because from your strengths, I learn. From your weaknesses, I learn. So I don't look at them as weaknesses. I look at them as progress delayed, but it will be progress achieved. (laughs) I love that. (laughs) You put it so well. Well, I brought Bernadette on board because she is one of the youngest ministers in Kenya in the docket of public service. I'm so inspired by her. Uh, Mm -hmm. And that one leads me to my last question, Donna, about the constitution, the new constitution in Kenya and gender. Do you think the new constitution has put women at a better position? I honestly applaud the current constitution. and, and, And I think it's it's given women a platform in Kenya, so to speak, and in areas of political participation, for instance, access to devolved funds and, and representation in, in different forums and platforms and institutions, and also ownership of property, access to, to assets like land, and also a woman being given the, the platform of saying, I can divorce, but I can still have the, I can still take care of my family. We can be separated and you don't have to stick in a marriage because the constitution doesn't give you the flexibility to make that choice. We have been given so much choice, Eunice. And I think as women, this is a, it is up to us women to walk the talk. Yes. And if we don't, then it will remain a statistics that in the years of so of this and this, Kenya had a beautiful constitution that supported the women movement, that supported the women in different frontiers, but it is the women who didn't make the initiative to actually succeed. So besides us getting that uh, the besides us getting those the catapults so to move forward, so to speak, we need to make the first step. And this time, we don't need to make it working. We need to make it running. Because the world isn't sitting waiting for us women to readjust our thoughts. The world isn't waiting for us women to think that we are better. The world is moving. And we need to move at the space and at the speed that is moving, or even faster than it is moving. So when people are two steps ahead, we are five steps ahead. Great, and I can I can get the passion in your in your in your mind. now how this constitution has empowered us, Donna. Uh, mm-hmm. I agree because we know the constitution even in the docket, the constitution stated that at least either gender has to be represented, and this one has enabled people like us. To, 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 to get opportunities to serve in, in some higher in the government. True, true, true. And and you see that opportunity, for instance, you and Benedict currently are on county government. I mean, uh, uh, Eunice, let us look at Kenya 10 years ago. 
let us look at the, the statistics of women that we can actually mention that were influential in, in core positions. Um, we have come a long way. But you yes. see, I don't, I don't want us women to become a statistic of review. I want us to become a statistic of progression. Yes, it was five women ago, but now it is 500 women. Yes, it sh- it shows the strength, and I think, and I think the constitution gives us that leeway that we need to make this work as women. We need to make this work for us. And they say a stronger woman does not only build the family but builds a community and hence a nation. Yes, I totally, absolutely with you. Donna, this is a real platform for us to, to, to even show to the community that now we can even get to the election. I, 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 I've just remembered the case of, of, of Rwanda. Rwanda mm-hmm. started by nominating women to the, to the, uh, to the parliament. But mm-hmm. last election that happened last year, Around 52% of the Rwandan parliamentarians, women, were well, elected. Women. Yes, yes, were elected. Mm-hmm. And right now we have 64% of women parliamentarians in Rwanda. Mm-hmm. So only men are 36. So I, I, I feel this, this step where Kenya has begun is a big milestone for Kenyans. It is a milestone, and it's a milestone that doesn't need to remain in the books of history. It's a milestone that must be achieved. And I'm using must, hoping that women who are listening out there agree with me that we must achieve certain goals. We don't have to sit and read it in history books. It's about time we made the change. It's about time we supported other women who are vying for, for this post. It's about time we saw the best in individuals than finding out their weak points and making it not work for them. Because I think that's what's killing us so far. Men have found a way of dealing with the system. We need to find that way and deal with the system and structures that support the women folk. Yes, yes, yes. Donna, I agree with you. Uh, I'm so impressed to, to bring you on board. Thank you. you. Your perspective from right from the grassroots where men, girls in the village and women to where they are right now. Mm-hmm. And and then mentoring another Kaja uh, group of of women who are educated. Sure. I'm I'm, I'm so so much impressed with with what you you are doing. You, you've cut across right from the grassroots up there. <laughs> By God's <laughs> grace. <laughs> Jenna, tell us your last word before we wind up. My last words are this. The stronger you become, make sure you surround yourself with individuals that will continuously water your strength. As a woman, you are not a flower to be seen. You're a flower that shouldn't reach your community, your family, your nation, 
and in totality, the world. We have a role to play. We have a platform to play that role. And we need and we must achieve that role. And that is powerful, powerful, powerful. Thank you, Uda. Thank you so much for gracing show unruly woman show. Are you feeling unruly? Are you an unruly woman? Definitely. <laughs> Jonna, are you an unruly woman? Are you serious? <laughs> Hello? Hello? You're asking if I am unruly woman? Yes, because of course, uh, for sure, of course, for sure. You are one without doubt. Donna, you've risen above what the society placed on women the same days. Thank you so much for gracing truly sure. Listeners, today our guest was Donna Okumu from Kenya. Thank you so much uh, because we've heard from her, we've heard her passion, we've heard what she's been doing in the community, right grassroots. Thank you, Donna. Thank you. Thank you, Eunice, for having me, and thank you so much, listeners, for listening. I really appreciate Listeners, this was Unruly Women's Show with Sylvia Global Media Network. Our host, um, it's me, you, from Kenya, World Pulse, and Wona Okumu from Kenya. Bye. Bye bye.